0: This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. Hello and welcome to the Uncommon Christian Podcast. Michael here. Thanks for listening again, guys. Welcome to episode 45. Wow, it's been 45 episodes, but we're so grateful for the opportunity to bring this uh, episode to you guys. We're continuing a series called Body, Mind, and Soul, where we will be talking about how faith Uh, our faith uh, in Jesus intersects with our body, our mind, and our soul. So if you've listened to our last episode, which if you haven't, after this episode, I highly encourage you. It's a little bit longer, but it's with Brittany Moses, and it was amazing. But uh, we talked about how The theme of this uh, series is this moment that one of the followers, a guy by the name of Matthew, uh, captures in his book of the Bible uh, with Jesus that there was these religious teachers and they were uh, trying to entrap Jesus. They wanted Jesus to say something wrong so they could accuse him and punish him. And so they come up to him and they say, well, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And I think Jesus gives one of the best answers to this question. And he responds with saying, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Now, if you know anything about the Bible, you know that this is really wrapped up into the original 10 commandments. And the first five of the commandments deal with how we interact with God. But I think oftentimes we don't fully understand how our body, soul, and mind, what Jesus says we have to love God with, really uh, intersects and interacts with our faith. I think oftentimes we miss out on that. So what we're doing in this series is we're turning to the experts to help us figure out how we can begin to see this interaction and to work to fully experience what Jesus was talking about in that moment. So last week we had Brittany Moses. Today I am excited to be joined by Pastor Tony Montijo, who is the care pastor at real life church Valencia campus. Tony, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Michael, thank you for having me. And I just got to say, this is such an honor. This is so cool. Uh, I listened to last week's episode and wow, got some big shoes to fill. I'm, I'm definitely don't feel like an expert, but by God's grace, I'll be able to share a little bit of stuff that I've been taught over the years. So it's an honor to be here.
0: Well, no, thank you. And, and, you know, I think expert is probably uh, in the eye of beholder, and I consider you an expert on all things spiritual and care and and as well as to dabble in some of the mental uh, aspects of this as well. So I think it's going to be great. Now, did I say your last name correctly?
1: You did. The way that I tell people the easy way to do it is visualize the J as an H.
0: Mm, That's right. right. There you go. That's right. Tony Montego. You, You know what it makes me think of? Tony Montana. I don't know why. Every time I see it, I want to be like, Antonio Montana. But anyways, Tony, we're so glad to have Tony. Tony uh, is the care pastor again at Real Life Church, our Valencia campus. So I get to work with Tony. He's a great guy. Tony, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, a little bit about who you are and what you do and why you do it?
1: Sure. Well, native California, served in the military right out of high school, which was- Thank you for your service. Thank you. It was fun and adventurous. I've been married to my beautiful bride, Anna, for 23 years. We just celebrated our 23rd anniversary last month.
0: Oh, congratulations. I have,
1: have four kids. Uh, they're the ones that give me the gray hair. I'm really 35, but I look like <laughs> 78. And I'm the care pastor, like you said, at the Valencia campus for a real-life church. And uh, I do what I do uh, at the church because my life was radically changed by a course that I took during my undergrad period. It was a course called Intro to Biblical Counseling. And at that time I was in ministry and I came across a really, really difficult season of ministry. And as I was taking this course, I was realizing that I was being counseled by scripture and I was like, wait a minute, I'm a pastor. How come I don't know this? So Mm -hmm. at that point I resolved myself to go on and get my master's in biblical counseling because I wanted to share what I learned. I wanted to help people to no longer stay stuck. I wanted to help them become free and just to learn how to navigate those hurts habits and hangups. And that's what brought me to care at real life.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, you're not really 35, right? No, I'm kidding. Okay, I was sitting here thinking, wait, hold on a second. Is he really 35? This is crazy. We're breaking news on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so you got your master's in biblical counseling. Just give us Give, give the listeners a little bit of what that means, because I think a lot of people hear that like, oh, biblical counseling, like so he can only uh, counsel me in in spiritual matters. But just just kind of give everybody an overview of what that
1: is. Sure. Biblical counseling is for the those in the church world. It, it's pretty much a discipleship degree. I help people look through the lens of Scripture as applying it to their lives, their everyday issues. So their anger issues, their marital issues, their struggles with depression or anxiety or lust or lying, whatever it is, I sit with individuals and I say, all right, let's look at these issues, these challenges of life through the lens of scripture and see what God's word says and how we could overcome them and be victorious.
0: You know, I, I, um, a lot of people would call that, you know, taking uh, taking your problems through a biblical worldview, right? Correct. It, instead, of, instead of maybe uh, necessarily using uh, just kind of world uh, ways of, uh, dealing with your problems. What you do is you, you help people say, okay, how, how would, uh, the Bible instruct us to walk through these different situations? Correct. Gotcha. That's great. Now here's the thing. So there's this moment with Jesus, right? I just Mm kind of talked about that. And these religious leaders, they come and they want to trick Jesus. They want to get Jesus to say something inflammatory, say something uh, that would uh, incriminate him uh, against the Jewish, you know, the Mosaic law so that they could arrest him and, and kind of squash this movement that he's doing. OK. And so uh, they ask Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus says, well, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, your soul, in your mind. So to you, when you read that, what does that mean to you? And then secondarily, what do you think Jesus is really trying to get at with this answer?
1: Got it. You know, Michael, that's a really great great question because nowadays there seems to be many different understandings of heart, soul, mind. And like I said earlier, I'm not a mental health professional, so I'm going to solely stick to what scripture says. I know my lanes. I know my channels. I'm going to stick in that. And And there's a lot of confusion that comes in because I think more often than not, we tend to import a modern idea of what mind, brain, and intellect is into the text. We transpose it. Like you are saying, biblically, uh, we want to stick to that. I want to stick to that. And biblically, the heart is often referred to as not only the center of spiritual activity, but it's a control center of human life. Heart and soul we see are often used interchangeably, and we can see that in uh, chapters and verses such as Deuteronomy six five, uh, Deuteronomy twenty six sixteen, the verse that we're looking at in this text today, and we also see it in Mark ten. Uh, I'm sorry, Mark twelve thirty and thirty three, right there. Mark actually adds the word not only love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, and mind. He also says with all your strength.
0: Mm, that's
1: right. Yeah, and in Romans two five, Paul tells us that the heart is the seat of consciousness. And that's a point I try to convey when I'm working with individuals or couples that our heart must change or be regenerated before we can willingly obey God with, our, with all of us. So that's a long way to get to where I'm getting at. So what I believe that Christ is telling us here is that we are to love God with every fiber of our being, with our whole person, with all that we are. The problem is that when our desires conflict with what the Bible says, we tend to live not according to what we say we believe.
0: Mm, man that's good that's so good and I think oftentimes what we find and and um we've we've seen this in in the scriptures too it says you know out of the heart you know flows like what comes out of our heart is truly what is inside of us right and okay. so if our heart is unhealthy right if our heart or right. soul whichever you want to kind of call it there if it's unhealthy if it's dealing with issues and things that distract us from God then what what overflows out of that is isn't necessarily going to be love for God at first. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, I think oftentimes we, we tend to think, okay, I can love God with my mind, even though my heart isn't fully into it. Correct. But I think what happens very often is when our heart isn't into it and we have to talk ourselves into loving God, our mind usually follows our heart correct now a lot of people will say oh no your 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 heart will follow your mind no, no 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 it doesn't happen that way because your mind is really reacting to what's in your heart what's like what you really desire and truly want correct correct, correct. right and so like how do you see that playing out as we you know walk through and your role as a care pastor like okay so first of all Explain to people what that means. What, what is a care pastor?
1: <laughs> okay. As a care pastor, I have the, the blessing and privilege of walking with people when they're hurting. When they come to us or come to care, because life is really hurting in that moment, whether it's a divorce or the loss of a loved one or marital conflict or just some strife within their life. I get to do that. I get to compassionately and lovingly walk with them as I point them to Christ. And what I do is, that includes me helping them shift their thinking horizontally. I get to be the hands and feet of Christ because like you said, more often than not, our thinking is vertically. It's not horizontally. And by mm-hmm. what I mean is I'm thinking through a worldly perspective or a worldly viewpoint as to how do I deal with my, my life? How do I deal with my marriage? How do I interact as opposed to horizontally, biblically? How am I to love my wife? How do I care for my wife? An example would be, Marriage, we see that today where most people think, all right, marriage commitment's 50-50, but biblically, marriage is 100-100. Correct. I love my wife, not because she deserves it or she earns it or she's an awesome cook. I love my wife because Christ tells me, husbands love your wives like, or Paul tells me Christ's words, husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church. That's sacrificial love. That means I gotta love my wife when she's unloving, when she's difficult, when she's getting on my last nerves. I love her unconditionally because Christ calls me to. That's a horizontal that's a vertical thinking as opposed to a horizontal thinking. I'll love you as long as you keep loving me or right. do for me as I do for you.
0: Conditional, conditional love. And right. a lot of that, I think, Tony, stems from again, going back to what I just said is that. It's hard for us to have a vertical way of viewing the world when the thing that kind of triggers or leads or guides us is in disarray when it's hurting, when it's, when it's, when it's, when it's got things that are filling it up with, with lies and and horrible stories or when they're struggling through things. And so, you know, as a care pastor, as you just said, like you, you help people who are walking through, uh, and you call them the three H's hurts habits or hangups. Talk to us about those different three and and how does that, how do you see that playing out, uh, in your work?
1: Sure. Uh, you know, uh, hurt is just simply, a, a wound that we have, some emotional wound. Somebody did something to us or something happened. And a lot of times, if we're not looking at that view correctly, which would more often than not involve forgiveness and forgiving individuals and a bunch of other stuff, we could get stuck there. Yeah. And then we just get caught. And, and that would be, lead us to a hang-up. I'm hung up on this. I'm stuck. I, I can't move forward. And then there's the habit. A lot of times we do things habitually. We could sin habitually and not even be aware of it. We're not Absolutely. even know because we just developed that habit. So I help individuals work through those issues to navigate those issues to whether it's a hurt, let's work on forgiveness. Uh, we might have to have a healthy viewpoint of what, of what boundaries are, uh, lifestyle changes. A lot of times we develop hurts or hangups because of bad lifestyle changes. Habits, I help people develop good habits. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians talks about how do we change as a person? How do we go from bad habits to good ones? Well, we replace a bad habit with a good habit. But there's a process in between by renewing the mind. It's called the put-off, put-on concept. So I'm putting off the bad habit, I'm Mm. renewing my mind, and I'm putting on a new habit, a godly habit.
0: Yeah, that that's super good. It reminds me of a, a series that Real Life Church did uh, a while back called "The Stories We Tell Ourselves." Right. Yes. And in that series, one of the epis or one of the weekends we we did a a talk around uh, trust issues, and so it makes me think of like, okay, so person A uh, had a relationship, and in that relationship, that person was hurt so that's the hurt that develops right Mm -hmm. okay so then the hang-up starts because they start maybe believing that everybody that gets potentially close to them will hurt them in the same way so they develop a habit of not trusting people of not letting people in of not having vulnerability and then thereby alienating and isolating themselves from relationships right and then how does that how does that play towards what we're talking about today with with the greatest commandment well if you can't trust that this, quote unquote, unseen God loves you, as he has said, wants his best for you, wants you to experience his best, then you automatically put up a wall with anything that has to do with God. And so you mm-hmm. develop this habit of really pushing God away. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you can go a little bit further. I loved you. I served you. And you allowed this to happen. Oh, yeah. How That's right. How can I trust you? to heal me, to make this right. Yeah. How often do you hear that? A lot. Unfortunately, we hear that a lot.
0: Okay. So if our heart is not working as it should be, Mm -hmm. that's going to have a great impact on what I would call our thought life. Correct. Right. And I think we take for granted or I think both end, we don't, we take for granted and a lot of people don't, really believe in the severity of how our thought life affects our spiritual life, right? Mm-hmm. So Jesus says to love, Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So your mind, if your heart is not working correctly, your mind's not going to work correctly. And if your mind's not working correctly, well, then that's going to have a big effect on your spiritual life, right? Correct. I know that when my thought life is, and I said this last week, I know that when my thought life is trending negative, and the stories i begin to write in my head about myself or my family or my marriage or my relationships i begin to see it spill over in everything why do you, why why, do, why why do you think that happens in that way
1: um well i would say that that's a, that's a really good question but i would add that that i would add to that and say that many have are not even uh, have not even considered how their thought life affects their spiritual life. I'm not even thinking that way. I'm not thinking that Mm. they work together or that they're connected. I'm just going on with life. I've never been taught or trained or I've never even heard that. So I would say it's because we let our stinking thinking kick in and it guides the Mm. ship. Mm. It guides the ship and our, and sin ends up creeping in and taints our thought life. So we have to work hard to clean that up. And Paul tells us in second Corinthians 10.5 105 that we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God and we're taking every thought captive obedient to Christ. That's a charge that we are all given. We have to take our thoughts captive, and that simply means uh, gaining control over what we think about ourselves, about life as viewed through scripture. And it's simply put, what you put in your mind affects how you think and act. For mm-hmm. example, if you watch a scary movie as a kid or maybe even as an adult at night, there's a good chance that you might have nightmares or right. not sleep well because I put that thought in there. Those images are there. So God has provided a way to overcome unhealthy thoughts and behaviors. It's just a matter of taking charge of our life His way.
0: Right. Man, that's so good. Yeah, I see this in a way of you know, connecting the, the three levels there is if your heart isn't right, you can't. It's hard for you to feel like you're you're somebody who's loved, who's valued, right? Correct. And if you don't feel or um that you're somebody who deserves to be loved and valued, then you begin to think less of yourself. And then so whatever it is that God says about you and his relationship with you has no value to you because you don't because none of it's all connecting to as well together. Your thought life has has severely impacted your, your relationship with your creator, with God.
1: Correct. Yep, yep. And um, in pro, I, I love Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Mm. Yeah, the word heart here is used to describe our inner being, our whole person, our thought life. In this passage, we see that our actions, good or bad, are directly controlled by our thought life. Faith in our thought life work best when they're on the same road going together in the same direction. More often than not, for many, these two are traveling on the same road but in different directions.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, that's so good. I think we have to shift our mindset to say, okay, it is not the world that should influence what we believe about ourselves. And when we say the world, like this is, I've always said this on the podcast, we're not trying to bash the world, this is no. not an anti-world, but what we're saying is the things that, we have seen in this world that have told us this is who we should be. This is how we should dress. This is how we should think like those should not be the influence that gives you who you are as a person, gives you your identity, right? We should look to the scriptures that tells us, Hey, Mm -hmm. this is who the creator of the world has said you are. And if you get on that right thinking wavelength from a, as we talked about earlier, biblical worldview, man, that starts to really do a work in the heart, which then really does a work in your relationship and your view of your relationship and perspective with God.
1: Correct. And what I I think a lot of us fail to realize, being created in the image of God means that we are image bearers. And what that means is we are created to worship and we will worship whether we realize it or not. And the question is, will we worship? The question is not, will we worship? The question is, Who or what will we worship? And more often than not, the object of that worship defines or molds and and transforms us into who we tend to be or how we think or how we act. So, yeah, Instagram, social media shouldn't have more of an influence on who we are, but but, uh, but scripture should have that greater influence.
0: Oh, that's so good, Tony. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I want you to bring us home. Bring us home here. Okay. Can you give our listeners maybe three things, three practices or tips? And and again, for those listening, these are not like the end all be all. You're going to get a better thought life and a better, you know, uh, heart uh, understanding of your faith and relationship and, and anything dealing with mental health. But these are maybe three things that can get you on a path to having a better thought life, which will have a better, hopefully give you a better perspective of your relationship with God.
1: Correct. This is just uh, three quick thoughts, and um, change is hard, Michael. The, it, it takes a lot of work, and it, it happens Absolutely. overnight. most people want change at microwave speed and give up when it doesn't happen. But I just want to encourage you: keep pressing on, keep going. It. So the three things, really quick: uh, one, your thought, your thought life. You must change. You must change your thought life is number one. Number two. Take your destructive thoughts captive through confession. And I'm going to go through all these in a little bit. And three, choose to focus your thoughts on the right things. So your thought life must change. Take your destructive thoughts captive through confession. Choose to focus your thoughts on the right thing. And what those mean is in, in your thought life must change, God calls us to change our sinful behavior. Instead of focusing on our outward behavior, what we're doing outwardly, we need to work on changing our heart. By allowing God to uh, change us, by transforming our mind, by renewing our thinking, Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is—that which is good and acceptable and perfect. That's how we change that stinking thinking. That's how we Mm -hmm. change our thinking from uh, vertically. I'm sorry, from horizontally to vertically. So take your destructive thoughts captive through confession. What that means is, Paul urges us to take captive every thought and make it obedient to christ we confront our destructive thoughts and we turn them over to god and become who he created us to be it takes work uh, to take your thoughts captive each time they pop in your head you gotta pause and say whoa, whoa, whoa hang on where'd that thought come from i'm not thinking that way anymore i'm going to put that thought away uh, a lot of us might think that's impossible or difficult to do but with the spirit within us nothing's impossible and then choose to focus your thoughts on the right. I use this the most with marriage uh, counseling and, coupling, and couples. According to Philippians 4.8, we are to think about those things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. When we think about those things, God promise, promises, us, promises us His peace. His peace that surpasses all understanding. And the way that plays out in a couple, when they're arguing, when they're fighting— I tell the husband and the wife, I want you to write down a list of what is true, what is noble, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable of your spouse. That's your Philippians 4, 8 list. And then when that destructive thought comes creeping in, well, they're this, they're that, they're this, and you're feeling yourself get angry, stop that thought, take captive of it, pull out your Philippians 4 list, go over what is right, what is true, what is noble, and then that tends to transform your thinking. At that point, will start to realize, well, my thought life is changing. My spiritual mm. life is changing. It all is affected. It has a cascading effect. And more often than not, spouses will come to me, hey, I want to read more on this. Or hey, how can I learn more about that? Their spiritual life starts to thrive and grow.
0: Yeah, man, that's those are so good. So again, and correct me if I say this wrong, you know, the first thing is, your thought life has to change. I think it, there comes an acknowledgement that okay, I have to change the way I've been thinking. Correct. And then two, take your destructive thoughts captive through confession it is owning up to those. Like just it, it, whether or not you are a believer or you're just trying to figure out what it means to follow Jesus, take the opportunity to say, okay, I know this thought God is not helpful. I know this thought is not conducive. It's not even true. Because your word says it's not true, right? Correct. And then three, choose to focus on what is the next right thing to do, right? Like, okay, so from here, where do I go? What does the word tell me to do? Correct. Correct. And and, and here's one thing I want to acknowledge before we, we end today's episode is – If you are somebody, whether you're a believer or not, and you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, this is great and all, but I feel like my thought problems, my heart problems, they go much deeper than just a spiritual uh, issue. I feel like there is maybe a mental uh, capacity, chemical, or uh, issue health-wise that is causing me to feel this way, think this way, believe this way. I know Tony and I know myself we encourage you do not just try to make this just a well I got to get better at reading the bible correct this is hey there's nothing wrong with professional help there is absolutely nothing wrong with seeking a a therapist or a, a a psychologist or whatever it may be that will help those things can be compared or can be partner with your spiritual formation as well too
1: correct we are not talking in this conversation about mental health issues that's affected uh, biologically, that something's wrong or anything like that. No, go (laughs) and get professional help, whether it's a physician or psychiatrist or psychologist, go get that help.
0: Absolutely. All right, man. Well, Tony, thanks so much for joining the podcast today, man.
1: Sure. Thank you for having me. It was fun. It was great.
0: All right. Well, I want to thank you for listening today. And if this was helpful for you, would you do me a favor, a big favor and share this with others? Also, as you guys know, I'd love it if you could provide a positive rate and view on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show, because this will help the show reach more people. And that's what it's all about. And as you guys know, I say this every time. It's not about fame or popularity, this podcast is all about encouraging and inspiring every Christian to love Jesus and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic,
1: visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.